and welcome to Name and Date, a podcast about young writers, their words, their work, and their worlds. I'm Virginia Lund. Today we're talking to Trey, a 16-year-old poet whose love of words comes through in the lyricism and rhythms of his poems. In May of 2016, he released a book called Words Work Wonderfully. Trey will share his thoughts on love poems, notebooks, and writing for the Black Arts Movement. But first, let's have a snack. Tell me about the snack that we're having tonight. Oh. Go ahead and open. And tell me what we got and why you chose it. Uh, Mike and Ike's uh, Dairy Union is like one of my favorite. I recently, recently discovered this when, um, as I believe most people should, we, before you go to the movies, you go to the store. <laughs> And you get uh, you get some get some snacks, and so we were we, I forget where we where we were when we got these, but uh, I hadn't had Mike and Ike's in a long time. When I did, they were just like the original ones, so I saw this, and of course, like they get you with the colors and all that stuff. <laughs> and I was like, I might as well. Do you eat when you write? Hmm. Uh, normally, uh, they're usually more um, more. Si- page safe so there's no crumbs okay. no sauces nothing like that uh maybe usually something like this um something yeah something to drink or whatever just as long as it's not like damaging my, my pages okay you said pages do you write on paper yes i i recently not recently i used to do it all the time because i didn't always have a phone mm-hmm. and uh, i used to hate when people brought, like came up and they were reciting a poem and they like show me on their phone and i'm like God, why don't you write your poem? Because that's what that's what it started out as. Um, so being taught the old fashioned way to write your poems down—that's what I've always been doing. I probably filled up uh, maybe three or four, three or four notebooks of poetry. And so it was just recently that like when I first got my own, you know, uh, uh, phone, I started writing my notes just in the in the phone notes app. And then uh, my dad encouraged me to write them in my Google Drive so that they wouldn't get lost if there's somewhere happened to the phone. So I was like, yeah, I should do that. So I started writing and I <laughs> ended up doing the stuff that I used to hate the most. Um, you mean and, like you read from the screen when you when you go to read your poetry? Yeah, I, I try not to do it too often anymore. But um, as of this year, I tend to um, I tend to write a lot more in a book when I can. Mm. Yeah. Do you have you pointed to your backpack? Do you have your book? With I you? do, I do. So always keep this with me wherever I go, because there's always something I think about no matter where I am. Um, probably wondering what this is. This is uh, Roman numeral three, uh, and then inside inside the the lines are R D. So it's the third. So that's mm-hmm. my stage name. The third. Um, my name. My actual name being Aurelius. Um, my granddad being the first and my dad being the second, so I'm the third. And so I kind of just like use that as my, my stage name for poetry, for music, yeah. Interesting. Yes, my, I, that number has always been like with me mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, you know, I recently started celebrating the third of every month uh, as, my, as my day. Um, <laughs> How so do you yeah. celebrate? I usually write, usually uh, recite something. Um, I usually get on my brother's nerves about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you have this black notebook and you've painted, is that paint or white out? What is that? White out. White out. So you painted, painted 
Roman numeral three with the R and D in white out on the front. Yeah. How long have you had this particular book? This particular book, actually, my uh, my aunt, um, she's not my blood aunt, but I've mm-hmm. I've known her since I was little. Um, Tara Betts, she um, she gave this to me as a New Year's present last year. So this okay. would be about a year and a half that I've had this book. Wow. So she wrote a little note in the front of it. Would you share, would you read what uh, what it says there from your aunt? Yeah, she says, uh, um, here's a few more pages to fill. Young Trey, stay dedicated to the craft and power of words. Keep reading, 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 and writing, writing, writing into the new years and beyond. Love on Tara. That's lovely. Yeah. Do you think those are things you do? Do you read, 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 and write, write, write? Uh, you know, I, I like reading a lot. I like to read. Um, it kind of inspires me to write. Lately, I've been, like, writing a whole lot. Not And so it kind of outweighs the reading that I do because I'm so busy writing. Um, but, yeah, definitely I, I make a point of making sure that I'm reading something, mm-hmm. um, whether it's, like, an article or some type of short poem that I see online. Uh, just reading so that I can stay inspired and have more to put out. Because eventually you'll run out of things to write about once you, uh, if you're not reading enough. And so, when you look for something to read, where do you look? How do you find something? Usually, it's on the purpose. So, uh, it's based on the 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 occasion. So, if let's say I want to write a, um, if I wanted to write a love poem, I wasn't always into love poems. I thought it was kind of uh. <laughs> But um, I started reading, uh, I used to hear people read love poems all the time. And so my dad, he gave me, uh, he gave me the um, Nikki Giovanni's collection of love poems, which I love. Um, and they, not all of them were like the typical love poem. My old man is as fat as he can be. My old man is as wide as the deep blue sea which was nice uh and so i just started reading different types of love poems and i was like i can i can write a love poem without it being the typical love poem and still kind of add my own spin to it and so that's what i started doing i wrote my first love poem uh in my phone by the way (laughs) and it was called i'm not a love poet and uh it was i liked it it was all right for my first love poem but um but yeah it just it just kind of like gave me this new this new perspective to write on you said she doesn't write a typical love poem what's a typical love poem uh to me i guess a typical love poem is i I think it's what anybody would think of as a a, as a typical love poem like the the roses are red the vice but we hear that all the time um what else uh, the whole thing about how you remind me of so-and-so nature and so-and-so, you know, sea and water and so on, you know. And so I kind of, she wrote, she writes this poem about how she doesn't, like, her love, whoever she's writing to, does not remind her of this, but reminds her of something that she can actually relate to, which makes it a lot more, like, surreal than this, like, dreamy type of love poem what is it important to you that people know about you about me um hmm. I guess pertaining to my art I would say that never I would say it's important to to realize that um one it's a it's more about the the movement than 
the actual artists, what the artist is contributing to the movement, to the arts movement, than the actual artist. Um, I was just actually, I host a radio show every Saturday at the Urban Broadcast Media. Um, and what we, our subject today was um, the Black Arts Movement and how the, your contribution to the movement should be something that someone can use in order to make another contribution as opposed to something that you just put out there and get all this feedback and recognition for. Uh, and so that would be my first, that would be the first thing. It's just more, it's, it's not about the poet, it's about the poet's contribution to the movement. When did you uh, first start thinking of yourself as a writer? Mm, I think, hmm, I, man, I would say, I started thinking of myself as a writer around uh, fifth grade. I used to hear uh, really cool short stories, especially from my dad. My dad um, writes short stories. And so I always used to think about, I used to have ideas about what I would write about. Um, if I could construct a short story or any type of story like my dad could. And of course, with our large age and difference in experience, uh, I couldn't. And so I would just have these short ideas about, ooh, if this guy had this power or if I could write about um, this specific thing, and this is how I would write about it. And it didn't always come together the way I imagined it would. But in fifth grade, was my first time in my life that I was going to a public school. I was going to public school on the west side in the North Lawndale community, and I hated the school. Because mm. uh, previously before then, I'd been going to a private school, and it, was, it wasn't it was as hmm, hospitable. Uh, uh, the, a, lot of there, a lot of the people there were more um, rough, for lack of better terms. And uh, there was, you know, I was constantly getting into trouble, uh, fights and all that stuff. And I just didn't really like it. And so I started writing about it. I would do like this, I would keep like this little journal. Uh, and it's about a year after I read Diary of a Wimpy Kid. So I started writing. I started writing in that style. Um, and because at the time I thought of it as good writing, so that's how I was writing. Um, and eventually I would start writing, my, my writing would get shorter and shorter. And so instead of writing like paragraphs and paragraphs about what happened throughout my day, it'd be different thoughts that I had about what happened throughout the day. And it just came more of in a, in a rhythmic and in poetic sense than an actual essay or story. Throughout my whole life, actually, I've been listening to different rap groups. One I loved was Cross Movement. Cross Movement is a Christian rap group who was really good at telling stories. Back in the lab again. Young lads getting bad with the pad and pen. Holy culture, a fabulous fabric blend. God's people got a fashion sense that are taking And so I started, started rapping. I uh, was writing different raps and at the time, of course, the real rudimentary being 11, you can't really get more uh, out of out of an 11 year old. But it would they were I liked them, so I started listening. I started writing in that style um, and reciting a lot of their poems. Most of it was just reciting their their work um, as opposed to just creating my own. And so once I got the style of being able to to kind of uh, memorize and internalize their style of writing. I was able to kind of um, 
use that style to make my own writing. So I would just keep the same rhythm and, and style uh, and just replace the words, replace mm-hmm. the lyrics. And that's kind of how I got in, into, into, into rapping and writing. Let's take a look at this piece you brought to share today. Mm-hmm. Daybreak. Yeah, the piece is called Daybreak. The night is the absence of day, and the day is the absence of night. The day casts light like a big flashlight. The light exposes night for what it truly is. The night exposes frightened people, exposes everything evil, exposes creepy crawlies, exposes the fact that day is an exposition for night, and that fear is an exposition for ignorance. The day will allow me to sunbathe on Sunday, with reruns of Saturday morning cartoons like Thundercats, The Jetsons, and Batman, back when he worked in the day. When his costume was blue like the sky in the morning time, and when his sidekick was working with him up until curfew. Nighttime. Black like Batman rendition. Black like fast life, dirty tricks. Black like Sunday grill. The charcoal in the grill. Black like everything's got some type of reduced price deal at the end of the week. I feel it's obvious. Night black like black mice and funeral audience. Black like shooting victims, ironically at night, shadow story. Black like watch both hands on the 12. Black like the 12 watch both our hands. Black like panther pass by. Black like gonna go and die. Black like February and only 29 days. Nighttime ain't evil. Evil come out at night. In the late of night, night becomes the exposition of day. That's great. Thank you. Why did you choose to share this piece? This is actually one of my favorite, one of my favorite poems um, in the book. A lot of these were written probably as, as early as freshman year, being a junior now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, at the time, I was just taking a lot of what I already written and putting it into this book. And I like this the most. Um, because I was, I think it, if I remember right, it was one of those, one of those things where you go to a workshop and they ask you to like, uh, pick something that's really simple and turn it into, uh, something more complicated and kind of like describe that thing. And so, um, I used, I used nighttime as an example and I, I kind of thought about, I sat there and I thought about nighttime and how a lot of kids are scared of the dark. Um, and I thought about how, how if you think deeper into it, it's not just, you know, that kids are scared of the dark. It, that can mean a lot of things. Um, the, the fear that a lot of people have from the stereotype of an African-American male uh, could also be the fear of the dark if you like to put it that way. And so I kind of like mixed in a lot of those different issues um, and then contrasted it with day, which is lighter, obviously lighter than dark. And so the how everyone loves the daytime and how it's, how it's a lot brighter than the dark. And kind of trying to contrast um, and compare the two, the, two, the two time periods and how they mixed with each other and their relation to each other even though they seem totally different you mentioned workshops did you go to a writing workshop 
I yes, so a lot I used to go to um not too much. I went to uh there's a program called Young Chicago Authors, um, and I they had Saturday workshops, um, and they, it was called Write to the City. And so what we do uh, was it's kind of like um, preseason, where we just go and we write about um, d- different different ideas. We sometimes we pull from a basket, or uh, they have they just teach us. There be teachers there. And sometimes they'd be a uh, Chicago-based artist uh, like Jamila Woods or uh, the founder, one of the founders of A Louder Than a Bomb, uh, Kevin Koval. He would be there and he would teach us how to um, write about simple things and turn them into something a lot more complex. Mm. Um, so did you write this all in that workshop? I didn't write it all in the workshop. Now I think about it, I probably I um I stopped at curfew. So I I wrote I wrote it and I got stuck in everybody else's writing. I thought it was so great, um, and I was just thinking about it and I was like, this is like really good piece. And so I stopped writing it um, because at that time I turned I kind of started rapping a lot more so I was writing a lot more raps and, and, and creating beats and recording and all that stuff so I stopped the whole poetry thing having it stuck in my head that they're two different things when really they're not so I stopped rapping and I, w- I was scrolling through my because uh, eventually I started I just typed up everything that was in the notebook mm-hmm. um, and I was scrolling through it and I saw this and I saw how unfinished it was and you know, I didn't like it. I didn't like how it stopped the poem and kind of forgot about it. And you know, the, the more time passes in Google Docs, the close to the bottom that it gets. And so you pretty much forget about it. So I would scroll, I kept scrolling and scrolling and uh, I saw it and I liked the title. Mm. So I used, I clicked on it and I saw how finished it was. And so I decided to finish it. This was. Uh, later in sophomore year, sophomore year, I finished it, and uh, so the the mixture of my freshman year writing, eighth grade ish freshman year writing, with uh, more experienced writing, um, in comparing the two, was I think I think it was really nice. Uh, so yeah, you I I can see the difference. Um, I'm not sure if anyone else see the difference, but I kind of just like the mixture yeah. of the different points of view of the same subject at well, different times. I'll tell you, reading it, like I noticed in that first half, there's this real like home-based childlike imagery about like sunbathing on Sunday and these cartoons and thinking about Batman um, and thinking about that transition Batman makes from somebody who fights crime during the day. Yeah, and then coming back to like this other version of Batman was right. Batman rendition um, and at the page turn you have there like the ideas and the images Black Like Panther and Gonna Gonna Die they really do evolve it's interesting to know that you moved through time in the real world because yeah. it feels like you moved through time in that poem as I got older I became more conscious about the world around me um, as opposed to just me and so I I Realize, I, I got to learn a lot more through different projects, things like that. I got to learn more about uh, the Black the Black Panther Party mm-hmm. and uh, and things that are going on outside of our country, such as Ghana um, and their their crisis as far as the lack of um, resources. 
and I, it, the whole and the breakout, the whole well, not breakout, but you know, the thing about the, the police brutality and how that was like very um, important that I bring up, considering nighttime, because that, as I said in that in at the bottom of the first page, uh, dark like shooting victims, ironically at night, and shadow story, kind of uh, gives you a glimpse at the fact that a lot of these, a lot of the police brutality that's going on is during the nighttime, where a lot of people think that nobody can see what's going on. I say I use in one of my other poems I finished recently. I said, "Dark uh, nighttime is like a substitute teacher because <laughs> once day is gone, you can do whatever you want." Mm. And I I feel I feel like a lot of people think that they they those two things don't have don't relate to each other. They don't correspond. So one of my my favorite part. Um, is the top of the top of the second page mostly for the lyricism but the 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 how i switch the words around so black like wash both hands on the 12 it's midnight uh and black like the 12 wash both of our hands and so 12 referring to the police uh is is how it goes back to the police brutality uh, mentioned and how uh we have to be very cautious about what we do despite what time of day it is and being dark-skinned or African-American, it's important that we were cautious, um, we're cautious about what we do uh, around police because anything can happen. It's an incredible poem. It's beautiful. It's great. I appreciate you sharing it. How did you know when a piece was ready to go on this book? So usually what I do, what I usually like to do um, when I'm not so excited that I just start writing a poem anyway, is where I write down different key, like different ideas. So I'll start like a bullet point, maybe on a piece of paper or uh, on my phone or tablet, uh, where I'll write down bullet points of what parts I want to hit on in this. So like I'll go, for example, for the Daybreak poem, I'll go in and I'll say, um, what is the definition for night? Mm. That's the first thing I want to hit on. And then I'll hit on uh, the next bullet point would be like, um, what what different things do you think about when you think when someone says nighttime? What do you think about? That's weird, nothing. And then the next bullet point will be um, memories or like something that you can relate to that goes with nighttime in the opposite of nighttime, which being day. And so I'll kind of do that. And then once I finish all those bullet points, I'll make sure that I don't have any more that are, that are, you know, make sure that all the bullet points are there. And I don't have to add any more. And so once I, I hit on all those points in the, in the poem, that's how I know it's done. What is something that you recommend people read? Okay, I would recommend that you read first, first, to be more culturally conscious about whatever you're writing. Read. Uh, Malcolm X's autobiography. That is most important. Because yeah, you can only because you can only write about fantasy for so long, and a lot of people, especially now, are looking for poetry or any type of writing that relates to issues that are going on now, and especially in 2017, the issues that went on when Malcolm X was as off by autobiographies growing up and into the the years that we know him for in his his freedom fighting years are not so different from now for creativity purposes definitely read uh nick giovanni's love poems 
third, I would say, um, for more contemporary film, Breakbeat Poets is um, in a book by different different artists. Different artists have different poems in there, uh, but it's the authors of the poem, Kevin Colville, uh, Nate Marshall, and Courage Ali Lansana. I wrote this poem with a mixture of different artists, poem, um, you know, poets, poems in it, and uh, it's a really good book. That's great. Um, what about something to listen to? I would say, of course, not in this order, but um, I would say listen to Tupac. His ability to tell a story uh, along with his rhythm, his nice rhythm and, and um, beat is really, is really important. It's, an, it's a nice skill to have, especially when you're writing poetry or writing any type of story. I would also say listen to Lecrae. Lecrae is a Christian, he's a Christian rapper. Um, who I listen to now, and he he also he does the same thing. He's very good rapping about his faith and, and what he believes and how what he the way the walk of life that he lives kind of gets him through all these real world problems that we can all relate to. Uh, so I like listening to him. And one more person I would say three is a magic number. I would say one more person. Eminem for his, his his lyricism and his ability to uh, tell a story and, and his his the way his wordplay and the way he uses his words is very creative. Is there anything I didn't ask you about today that you wish I'd asked you so you got to talk about? Um, would you like a small loan for a million dollars? Wouldn't it be nice? Other, other than that, that's that's it. That's good. Trey, it has been an absolute honor to talk with Same. you. Oh my gosh, can I shake your hand? Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm Virginia Lund, and this has been Name and Date. Our intro and outro music is All Out of Bubblegum by Muka Pazza. For more on the podcast, including links to Trey's recommendations and the text of his poem Daybreak, visit us at nameanddate.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Virginia K. Lund. If you like what you heard, please tell a friend or tweet using the hashtag name and date. Thanks to Dr. Becca Woodard and my writing group in CI586 for supporting writing projects that aren't 10-point font and double-spaced. Thanks to Trey's mom and dad and brother for their time and for getting Trey to the interview and for waiting so patiently while we talked. Finally, thanks to Trey for the interview, for sharing his work, and for recommending Nikki Giovanni's love poems. Trey, I cried in the library, and it was great. Now don't leave yet. We've got some homework. Here's a suggestion from Trey. Performing in the mirror. Not so much a self, self-conscious thing, but uh, more of, it, it doesn't even have to be performing like poetry, performing any type of like, performing just, just your, your poise and your mannerisms while you speak, while you're having a conversation with somebody. I've been known to do this. I will have conversations with somebody while I'm out, you know, maybe at school or something. And I'm thinking about the conversation, whether it's important or not, just any conversation I was thinking about, like, man. So I'll go, I'll go in the mirror and I'll redo the conversation all over again, just see how I look and maybe what faces I was making or 
or how I look when I do it. And, and so it's in, I think I think it's very important to do, uh, especially for performance poetry and, and when you're speaking. Uh, it's just that, so if there's anything you need to change, you can always see what you're doing from the other person's point of view.